Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, how cool is that? Faith. The kids have been learning in kids' church this last term about faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is? Oh, good job. You can all be kids' church leaders. <laughs> no, honestly, on a serious note, thank you to all our kids' church leaders. I know you guys are in here having um, a bit of a rest this morning. And so we just wanted to just honour you and say thank you for everything you do. And good job, Eli, reading that scripture. You know, we have the hope that is anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And it's my privilege this morning to be speaking to you um, about hope. Hope. We spoke about faith and now we're going to speak about hope. And we're going to, we were going to look at a little illustration and we'll maybe get to that in just a moment. Um, in Acts, the story of Paul and Silas in prison. Basically, the, the, the short of that was um, Paul and Silas were uh, walking around and there was a woman who they believed um, was, she was basically a fortune teller. They believed that she was um, probably had a bit of a, a demon and so she was following them around basically going, these guys are telling people um, how to get saved. These guys are sharing the gospel. These guys, and got to the point where Paul was like, enough. Like, just stop it. And he turned around and he actually delivered her of that demon. Um, and the people weren't happy about that because basically um, the, the people who owned this woman were making money from her fortune telling. So they didn't want her to be set free because they wanted to make money off her. A little bit what we're walking for A21 about. You know, there's people in the world that are happy to actually make money off somebody else's misfortune or somebody else's shackles that may be holding them down and they don't want them released. Um, but Paul was like, enough. I mean, I think she was annoying partly, but there was another party then just went, you know what, Jesus, release this woman now. Let this demon out of her. And so they weren't happy. And so they basically said, you know, because we're not happy, we're going to beat you up in the middle of town, and then we're going to throw you into prison. So Paul and Silas were, um, take their, their clothes taken off them, and then they were beaten up in the middle of town. Everybody had a good kick at them. Everyone had a go, and then they put them into prison. And so they found themselves in the middle of the prison, not just even on the outskirts of the prison. They found themselves in the inner part of the prison. Um, and there was a guard actually given the job of, of holding them captive to make sure they didn't get out, to make sure nothing happened. Um, I don't know if that was a normal custom for people to actually have a guard placed just for them. Perhaps they had a bit of an inkling that these guys had um, some supernatural provision on their side, if you like. Because I don't know, like if they're in a jail and they've got their shackles on and they're being beaten and they're bloodied and bruised, I can't imagine they're going to go and, you know, dig a hole out or something. And so they had a guard actually attached to them to make sure that they weren't set free. Let's jump forward. We're going to get to Acts 16... Verse 25, it says this, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Let's stop there for a minute. About midnight, they were praying and singing hymns. Does anyone else like sleeping at midnight? I work night shifts and trust me, by midnight I'm like, I want to be asleep. If I'd been beaten up and I found myself in an awful situation, I would probably be really tired the last thing I'd probably feel like doing at midnight in a, when I'm in a filthy, disgusting jail with shackles holding me to the ground is praising and praying and singing hymns to God. And so I just want to really just side note, really simply encourage you, we're not supposed to sleep when we're in the middle of a crisis. We're not supposed to lay down and lick our wounds and say, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I think I'll go eat worms. 
The Bible actually says we're supposed to get up, wake up. Now's the time. Now's the time to start singing. Now's the, start, the time to start having hope. You know, when the Bible speaks of hope, I think sometimes we go, oh, you know, I hope I win that free massage on Facebook. All right. I hope that I get that job or I hope that the hot water doesn't run out because I've got too many kids that take showers too long. That's a wish. A hope that we're talking about today is solid foundation standing upon a promise that God has made. There's nothing wishful about it. There's no a maybe. If God has said something, we can stand firm on the ground and hope in that thing. Paul and Silas knew that their hope, their firm foundation was standing on the fact that God had told them to go and preach the gospel. Their firm foundation was placed on the fact that regardless of which situation they found themselves in the middle of a prison, bruised and beaten up and, and basically, I mean, they'd done nothing wrong. They knew that their hope was in God. So it says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and every person's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and he was ready to kill himself because he knew that he'd failed in his responsibility. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. I love this, I love this, that their prayer and praise was connected, if you like, to God's purpose and power and together they were set free. That's what God asks us to do. He knows that we don't have the ability to set ourselves free. He knows we don't have the ability to make the ground violently shake and the walls to fall down and the shackles to come loose. He knows that. But he also asks us to pray and to praise in those circumstances. And the two combined actually sets people free. And so I don't know what it is that you're going through right now. I don't know what it, what's happening in your world right now. I don't know what's happening with your children, whether you feel like they're too far gone from, from God. You know, they've, they've been away from God for so long. They've gone way too far the wrong way for them to come back. Let's activate your prayer and your praise and your hope in God and start to see his power start to shake loose some of those shackles. It's a partnership. You know, God could do it. He could just come in and go, yep, be healed, done, off you go. But he wants us to activate our prayer and our praise and our hope in him. I think it's exciting. I think it's a privilege. There's no time for sleeping at midnight. We need to engage our faith and hope to see God break through. I've been spending heaps of time, and I shared a little bit last week, in Exodus. Moses has just been really um, challenging me, I guess. And it's just another example of the fact that there's no time for us to just be, um, you know, woe is me Christians. There's no time for that. There's, there's actual battle that we're fighting right now. There's a spiritual battle coming against us right now. There's physical things coming against us. You may feel like your marriage is at its end. There is no coming back from it. There is a spiritual battle that needs to take place. You know, your income and expenditure may not kind of add up. <laughs> It's usually, it's usually the, the expenditure is a little bit more than the income and you kind of go, I have no idea how my, my needs and my ends are going to meet up. 
This is when we actually need to get in the battle. That's when we need to start praising and praying. Let's have a look at Exodus. Basically, um, God called the Israelites out of Egypt, called them out of slavery, said, come on out. I'm going I'm to set you free. You get to go. You get to be in the land of milk and honey. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to bring blessing. But not too long after they had left, it says this. It said, the Israelites who were marching out boldly. So they're like, yeah, we got this. They're marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. They looked, they seen the problem. They seen the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. They went from being boldly stepping out to being terrified. I do that all the time. And cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Like, really? That, that, they went from, oh my goodness, God has set us free to he's an awful, horrible God who just wants us to die in the desert rather than a grave in Egypt. Like their perspective shifted so quickly in their circumstances. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It's better for us to stay in slavery than to actually have to go and step out. Sometimes it is easier, you know, to stay in where you know, even though it's the worst place in the world for you to be. It says, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. That's just fear. We sung about that this morning, that we will not let fear stop us. We will raise a hallelujah. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you'll see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again and the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Pretty powerful stuff. Moving on a little bit further, the, um, the Egyptians continued to chase down the Israelites and they found themselves on the edge of the river. And this is, you know, that, that, the, the, the waters parted moment that we all love to read about in kids' church. It's a beautiful picture of, you know, Moses kind of just wandering up and going, okay, open up. Well, it was actually nighttime. Did anyone know that? It was nighttime when that happened. It was dark. They couldn't even see what was actually going on. That's scary. God says to me, step out in the middle of a river. It's pitch black. There's the sound of waves flying up in the air. I think I'm going to be a little bit terrified to step out in that river. But they looked behind them and they went, okay, we've got the enemy chasing behind us. What are we going to do? So they're standing at the edge of the river. All they can see is water. And then Moses activates his hope, his blessed assurance that what God said he would do, he would do. And he lifts up his hand. He used what he had in his hand, he lifted it up and he had faith and the waters parted. And then the people, they started to follow him, probably little baby steps at first, probably like a little like, is it going to stay up? <laughs> like, is the water going to stay back? And they did little baby steps and then they started to get a little bit more confident and they started to go, nope, the ground is dry. We're okay. We can go. And they kept going and eventually I'm sure they were running across that river that had opened up. And the Egyptians followed them and they were probably thinking, they're still coming, they're still coming. And then we know that God wiped out the Egyptians and it was like, you'll never see them again, literally, because they are now wiped out. This is the hope that we can walk on today. We actually need to activate our praise. We actually need to activate our, our prayer. If, you've got, if you're in this situation, any situation, where you need God to open up your river, you need God to smash down the jail walls, you need God to break the shackles off your feet, the place you need to be is here. Praising, worshipping, 
you know, don't go, don't go and just sit at home this afternoon and, and, and watch telly and hang out in the spa. Don't do that. You need to be here at our prayer and praise and worship night, doing work. I'm telling you, I, I have no, no question in my mind that this place is going to be like an earthquake is going to come through here tonight and actually start breaking up the ground and we're going to start to see people's lives set free. We're going to start to see people healed. We're going to start to see people's shackles coming off. We're going to see people lifting their eyes out of their circumstances and actually having hope and faith like the word says. No longer playing Christian, no longer playing church, rocking up and going, oh, that was a nice service, but coming and going, I'm doing deals. I'm doing work with God here. I'm pushing back the enemy. I'm saying, you know what, even though this river right now is teeming, I'm going to use what God's given me in my hand, which is my hope and my faith and my praise and my prayer. And I'm going to lift up the word of God and say, God, you say that you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I'm telling you tonight, if you come and you do that, the waters are going to open, the ground is going to shake, and we're going to see people set free. So don't waste time this afternoon. I really feel like God is wanting to do some work with us. Really feeling in my spirit for weeks now, God is really saying, come on, baby. Rise up, wake up. I know it's midnight. I know you're tired. I know you feel beaten. I know you feel bruised. But all I need you to do, honey, is activate your faith. Remember what it is that I taught you in the Word. Lift up your expectation. And when I come with my power and my presence, and you come with your prayer and your praise, we're going to see the ground shake. We're going to see the situation changed. And I love what it goes on to say, and this is the most important bit. This is the most important bit because we are already saved. But what does it say in the word? It says that those who were enslaved around them, those who were in prison around them, even the jailer, the guy who was holding them captive, seen the power of God at work. They were set free. And it goes on to say that he was saved. He came to believe. He came to be, and he brought his whole family along with him. This is our responsibility. We're supposed to be able to kick our shackles off. We're supposed to be able to see our walls come falling down. That We're supposed to hear that the bars start to shake. We're supposed to see the river that's in front of us that we thought was immovable start to open up miraculously. Moses couldn't have done that on his own. That was no little river. There would have been like, Alison said this week, fish slapping people in the face and who knows what. It's no little thing that we're fighting. I understand that. But it's no little God that we're serving. And we have to be in the battle so that everybody else can see our victory. That everyone else has to see that they were once victims and now they're not victims anymore. Why? Who did that? They couldn't have done that on their own. They couldn't have got the money that they needed on their own. It's only through God. And when you see a God that powerful, you no longer hear what it is the world is saying about that God. You see the power and the love and the presence. That is the hope that we live in today. That is the solid foundation we step our feet upon today. It's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Can I have gorgeous Holly? Come on up, Holly Middleton. She's going to come up and share the word with us. The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and your strength and your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Thank you, Holly. That was gorgeous. We good? Okay. We're going to check out the screen. We love church babies in kids' church. You kids love kid church babies? 
They're so funny. Uh, Church Babies is just one of the ways that um, the message of the gospel is actually um, delivered to the kids out in Kids Church. They have lots of different multimedia. One of the videos we were going to watch, but it was being a bit painful, was a sketch um, where they can actually see the story unfolding in a sketch. They also do worship. They dance a lot. They play games. Um, There's so many different cool things to do in Kids Church, isn't it, guys? Arts and craft, you know come home with like the cool little craft thing and it's got a little scripture on it and so just really want to honour our kids church leaders and um, it's, it's such a great place to serve I'm not actually, don't tell my kids but I'm not actually like a big kids kind of person, I like, I like teenagers most of the time but when I go and do kids church, I love it I have so much fun and I actually learn stuff I'm like oh, I didn't even know that maybe must have must have been asleep during that Bible story or something and so you learn stuff and um, you actually, when you're actually teaching something, you actually find new things about it. And so if you ever wanted to, you know, try Kids Church or, or volunteer or, or suss it out, really do it. We all need all generations because every generation has something to offer every other generation. That's what part of a family is. And um, yeah, we love it. It's really, really cool. It's an easy program as well. It's, it's great. So the last component of faith, hope is love. And we know that... Um, that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and all our mind. Awesome reading, Holly. You did a great job, honey. We also know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they'll have eternal life. And so this morning, really simply, as, as we start to wrap up this part of the service, I really just want to give you the opportunity to actually come to know who Jesus is. You know, we, we sing these songs every week around the power of God and, and how we trust him and we love him. And Carly preached a phenomenal message last week around that worship and, and, and is, is about intimacy. It's about having a closeness with God. Um, what was it? It was um, knowing God and, and him knowing you, knowing God deeply and having God know you deeply. That's what it is to be in relationship with God. And so if you're new today and you haven't actually um, heard about Jesus in this context, because, you know, the world talks a lot about Jesus. The world tells us all the time. I think Jesus probably gets spoken about more at the moment than, than in other times because people are so opinionated as to what the church is actually saying and doing and thinking. They mess it up 99.9% of the time. They hear that God is an angry God that he hates them, that, that he, because of the way they're living their life, that, that they, they have no part of him, that they can't relate to him. But what they aren't hearing is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I have three sons and I wouldn't be given any of them, let alone my one and only. Or maybe one, the one that's talking over there at the moment. <laughs> Well, I put a lot of money into that one, so maybe not. Anyway, um, God, God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't take from us. He's not a God there going, I'm going to take everything that makes you happy. He's saying, I'm going to give you life and the life that I planned for you to have, life that's abundant and full, life where you're lacking nothing. Church babies told us so simply, you can try and get love from your inanimate objects, your teddy bears, your cars, your relationships, the sun, the earth, you know, apparently the sun and the earth and rocks at the moment are supposed to bring life and value and fullness to you. They're not, they're objects, they're things. God can use some of those things 
for us to feel love, but it's not love. He is love. And so this morning, if you want to start to get to know the true Jesus, the real God, the one who gave, the one who's not sitting there pointing his finger going, you're too bad, you've gone too far, the one going, come on home, we'll sort it out. If you want to know that God, then I ask you with every eye closed and every head bowed. I also want to encourage you, if you are feeling like you're a bit away from God, you feel like you have been that child or that adult that's run too far away and it's just, it's just too far back. That the Bible says that he is closer than you think. You literally will turn around and bump into him. He's kind of stalking you. He wants you home. He wants you safe. He wants you in his presence. He wants to be known by you deeply and to know you deeply. That's his heart. And if that's you, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to ask Jesus to start a relationship or you want to come home, no, there's no better day than today right now in this moment. Then I just ask you to raise your hand. There's no one looking except for the team at the back that just want to give you, um, at the end of the service, just a little bit of information and, and, and explain some of the things and answer some questions. If that's you right now. Just raise your hand. Say, yep, Rob, that's me. I want to start a journey to get to know who this God is, right from the little ones through to the not-so-little ones. You know it's you if you need to respond because your heart will be pounding a whole lot faster than you'd like it to be. You'll be feeling like, I don't want to, but I need to. That's, that's the heart of God drawing you near. Okay, everyone, let's pray. Let's pray after me. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us your son. We're sorry we turn away from you. Help us to live life the way you have called us to live. Help us get to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen.